Welcome to the Data Coffee Break Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Christian. If you are passionate about data like us, take a seat, relax, and join us to our coffee break where we discuss all things data. And remember, there are no filters, no PR. It's just a real life experience. So let's begin. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the Data Coffee Break podcast. Mark, how are you doing? Very good here. Um, came back from a night out. Uh, just had my favorite uh, snacking food, which is uh, peanut butter. So everything is fine for me. Sounds <laughs> and good. You? Yeah, no, all good. Having my coconut flat white, as per usual. Today's episode, I mean, first of all, we are overwhelmed by the great feedback. Yeah, thanks everyone for that. for our first episode with Peter. We thank Peter again for coming here and we really appreciate your feedback. Today we have a different type of episode. Mark, would you like to explain us what is this episode going to be about? Uh, episode or like the structure actually we're doing? Yes, you can go with the structure. Yeah, so we had last week the episode with Peter Johnson, so a guest in the episode. This week we're doing like kind of a one-on-one conversation with Christian, as we usually do at the coffee machine. And that's going to be pretty much for the moment what we think of as being like the structure for us. So one week uh, we have a guest, one week just all for us having a, a quick chat on, on that. So let's, uh, let's see how it's going to be. And today uh, we're going to give you some tips. We thought about the top 10 tips when it comes to presenting your data results to an audience. That's correct, Mark. As, as we always mention, right, our mission on this podcast is to inform you and help you, you know, uh, growing on, on this changing data landscape. So we want to start with the basics. Tip number one, always check your tech setup. And I know this sounds super silly, but I think we open there. We start, can you share your screen? Let me share my screen. And then you end up with uh, permissions issue, mm-hmm. an error, <laughs> of course, or when Zoom <laughs> is not allowed, or even sometimes like you get into, into the room because now we are going back to work and you realize that there is no adapter for your machine or there is no way to, to, to really connect. I will always advise to keep your, uh, to have your own adapter, basically yes. like a HDMI and VGA adapter. Exactly. Like always in your back pocket. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's such an essential. Yes, exactly. I, so, so how do we do this? I mean, as Mark mentioned, right? So you always need to have your, your adapters. But one thing that I usually do, and I learned it from, from an ex-colleague, he usually, before really starting the session, let's say, for example, you connect via Zoom, Teams, Google Meet. You say hi. And before introducing, he always used to say, before starting, can, can we just make a quick check? that we can share mm. on screen. And, and that, to be honest, was really useful, right? Because you don't always control the, the meeting. If you control the meeting, invite, yeah. then of course you can log in before. But when this is not yours, I think I think this is not unpolite. What do you think? Yeah, um, in particular, as you said, like at the beginning, we all have uh, some sort of issues because there is so many platforms now to, to do video calls. And I don't know if it's my experience, but I feel I face few issues sharing my screen with with a mac yeah so having those settings done correctly before is fantastic or like as you said maybe at the beginning of uh, of the sh- session could be quite quite handy it depend i'm, I'm guessing yeah. it depends if it's uh, expected who is potentially going to share the screen in this case right yes we are already like a post-covid right so i think everyone has a, a camera everyone knows mm-hmm. how to log in so i think that is 
uh, granted, but seriously, like checking the, the tech setup or if you go in person, really check that you have um, all your adapters. That's, that would say is the basics, but this was just um, a warm up. Actually, I will add something, one or two things okay, in the, on the tech side. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that relates to us as well. Like always have a backup uh, in terms of, in terms of internet connectivity. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do it personally. Like sometimes my internet is not working, so I need to connect with, uh, uh, with my phone directly. So that's, uh, that could be a good you one. Know, that's a really good point because right now, even if you have access or if you are in a place with, with 4G, I think it's enough. I give you a personal story here at my new, mm. uh, my new place. It, the provider, I'm not going to say which is the provider, but took around one month or six weeks to get the internet connected. And it was no using point. 4G to connect. And it was, of course, it wasn't perfect all the time, but it was <laughs> enough, right? I was able to, to share my screen. I was able to, of course, I, I needed to, to stop my camera from time to time, but, but I really agree. I mm. having your, your phone or make sure that you can tether from, from your, for your phone or sometimes you go into the, mm. into the customer company and there is no f- Wi-Fi, then you just make sure that, that you have signal and you can do mm. tethering. All right. Tip number two. I think I'm going to take this one. I would say do a discovery before agreeing to have this presentation. The idea is basically in this discovery phase is to figure out who is the audience what is the goal of the presentation, uh, literally, um, what might be the, the outcome um, uh, wanted, what the audience would like to see, if it's the audience who's asking basically for this presentation. But when I ask, like figuring out the audience, I think I have a great story about a friend. He, he did a degree of uh, data science uh, in, a, in a university here in the UK. Uh-huh. And then he went on an internship in uh, in the airline industry, basically. Uh, so a summer, if I'm correct, it was a summer in the internship and he had to analyze uh, quite a lot of data. And the the grand finale, finale of his internship is obviously dissertation, but a presentation to exec, as executive team. And he kind of explained to me that um, he went through all these slides, all those numbers, statistical models and things like that. And he realized at the end, speaking speaking with some of the members of the audience that they not really understood what he was talking about when he spoke about all those models, all those uh, uh, statistical oh uh, prevalence or like a percentage of uh, change. And that can be very daunting and uh, difficult. And he realized, he told me, I realized at this point that I didn't, he didn't do a discovery on figuring out who is the audience, what kind of level of yeah. data literacy. In this case, yeah. it was a, a lot of data science words and lingo. So it was obviously difficult for this audience who never been exposed to that. So he realized he could have like basically simplified, went to essentials, to the essentials in this presentation uh, to adapt to the audience because it's always super important to tell her a new message, tell her the presentation to, to the audience. I, I don't know if you had something similar. <laughs> As an experience, I remember one of my first meetings, I think something like 10 years ago, I got the same thing, right? Like I, I was presenting, it was more around a, a demonstration of, of data results. Mm. I mean, like, you know, I had like some charts created here and there, we're going to go. But I remember that I, I, I thought that every single click that I was going to do, every single sentence. And then when I, when I finished the, the session, I, I felt like, okay, I, I actually conveyed my message. And I remember that one person came to me and said, like, 
you presented very well, but I had no idea what you were saying. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and as you mentioned, that it was it, it, it was just because it was too technical, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. and, the, and the audience, as you mentioned, the discovery that you need to do, like the audience was not the correct one, right? So you need to figure out the audience who you're talking to so you can adapt always. Mm. And with experience, of course, um, you start to figure out or start to read in the room. And I think that takes us to tip number three. Try always to stop to ask questions. Don't what do you mean? I, just... I would ask questions, no? To the audience. Like uh, to deep, deep dive. Okay, what, what do you mean? I really think that you sh people shouldn't just go there and go one strip of consciousness and or, or non-stop mm -hmm. on the presentation. I personally, not always happens, but I try to avoid the does it make sense question or does this make sense? I, 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 I tried to avoid that one because it kind of implies that you didn't explain yourself well enough. But I would ask a question like, do you have any questions? Mm, yeah. Do you have any questions? Okay. Is it clear for you? Or do you, do you want me to, to continue here or do you want to something else? Okay. Because at some point you, you may have someone, as you mentioned there, that is super polite and just let you go or now they just turn off their cameras and disconnect and they tell you like so so it's about like reading the room at the same time oh. it helps you like adapt and you know so, so you try to engage with them okay yeah um it depends i will raise a question to anyone who want to comment on that maybe on the on, for this podcast on on one of the platform i would ask i like to ask questions around i mean to redirect potentially the presentation sometimes as it could be necessary but it depends all structured and it depends on many people we're presenting to uh, i guess as well yeah like small audience you can be fairly flexible like if it's a large audience you, yeah. you want to avoid questions <laughs> you want to avoid questions during the presentation so you, <laughs> you're sure to finish on time yeah what, what other yeah. tip do you have on your side tip number four always try to make it visual because we're talking about data presentations, right? And visual, um, everything is a, is a visual. But, mm. Or I don't know if you've been in, in, in these presentations where someone is just showing a random set of numbers on a table or sometimes in Excel. And, you know, I guess that sounds basic as well. Mm. But you can yep. keep your, your numbers like that, right? But why don't you, for example, you can now even leverage the slides, the slide animations to even actually make it more attractive to, to the visualization, right? So if you cannot get rid of your, for example, if you're showing a, a KPI, just try to play with the, with the visualization there, right? Just try to, to make it appealing because sometimes when you don't mm -hmm. make it visually appealing, people will stop listening to what you're saying because they are going to be trying to figure out what is what they're seeing, right? So if you have like a bunch of numbers all over uh, the place. Try to interpret what they're seeing, yeah. Yes, they're going to be with you, but you don't want to, to, to be so unappealing that it's distracting or so confusing. Oh, yeah, it's an entire, it's an entire presentation, entire topic, entire session, yeah, all that. Quick one. If you're enjoying this episode and our show, please make sure that you follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at the Data Coffee Break Podcast. Links in the description. Also, if you'd like to grow this community with us, think about sharing this episode with a friend or a colleague interested about all things data. Now back to the episode. All right, so we are at number five, if I remember. Yeah, I would say the power of storytelling. Yes. <laughs> in the sense that 
data can be super dry, like in particular yes, for an audience yes. which, which is not um, used to read data, read chart or read uh, cross tabs or table number of numbers, thing like that. So being able to wrap that in a comprehensive story, that's so powerful. The best one, best way to remember that, and we, I think we will put the, the link yeah. in the description of this episode, is the very famous... Um, how many years ago? I don't remember, but the very famous presentation from Hans Rosling, uh, and it's basically 200 countries across 200 years uh, in four minutes, and it's basically going across some some metrics, life expectancy, capital. Um, I'm not sure what exactly is a metric, but basically like a. Um, Oh, yeah. The salaries, yeah. um, life expectancy, and maybe other other metrics. But it's so impressive because yeah. this could be simply a cross tab. This could be three, four charts. No, he made it in a nine animated manner, and most importantly, he wrapped up in a storytelling. So he's actually telling something that mm-hmm. we're learning, like what's happening in the moment when we had word one one and yes. the second one so all did it change for which countries for which continent it's like so incredible and i'm sure there is so many books and so many videos we can find to to learn around that and it's it's paramount yeah. to learn uh, yeah. to be to present your data that's my point of view that's that will be my one of that's part of the t- top tips for sure <laughs> that could be the t- number one maybe <laughs> no I, I, yeah. I agree I, 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 there is nothing more than, than having storytelling. Yeah. I, I do believe that is a skill, though. Like, not it's everyone is savvy savvy enough at uh, the beginning, but storytelling is powerful. But if you find a data scientist, a, di- a data analyst, that should be a, a skill. Yeah. Uh, it's called that a soft skill, some people will say. That's a skill to absolutely acquire in this kind of role, I, I feel. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and to actually put on that, so maybe tip number six in this case, one chart, one visual equal one insight. Don't try to overload with the information you are taking from one chart. So obviously, when you put it visual, you this helps de- depending on the way, the kind of chart, the kind of graphic you're using to, to like highlight this kind of information, this kind of data. This helps you to drive one insight. And that's what what you should ask yourself is like what is the most the single most important learning I want my audience to extract from this data, and that could be from this specific visual. So that could be interesting on, on this one. How can you help the audience to your, for example, the audience that you're presenting to make to explain it? For example, sometimes I just see a bar chart with a title, and that's it. And I, I'm mm-hmm. not going here to, again into the visualization. But what do you mean, like, uh, to make sure that you can explain? On this point is is making sure, like, sometimes people will drive, like, multiple conclusions, um, multiple insights, major insights, mm. using one simple visual, which is fine. But you don't want to overwhelm with, um, again, depending on your audience, you don't want to overwhelm with information. And also... Having two insights with one chart, it's possible, obviously, but that means you can present the data in another way to to represent the other insights you wanted to you discovered or you potentially unfolded. Yeah, obviously, this is not like a hard line one one to one, <laughs> but that will be recommended. I saw some cases where people drove like um, like so many different conclusions yes. in one single chart, where this could have been break down into multiple one. Coming back to your point, it's super important to obviously use legend correctly, 
titles, colors, etc., are quite important as well. We're going to to have a visualization <laughs> practices. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Feel free to comment if you would like that. <laughs> if you would like that, and if you have someone in mind that yeah. that you would like to hear from, just put it on the comments. Definitely. So, what are the tips? I think it's number seven now. Yes, number seven. It's always do a dry run. Yes, definitely. We tend to do dry runs when the presentation seems to be like a super important, right? Like you do dry runs before if you present in a conference, a webinar, or you're going to have that meeting, you know, the meeting. However, what we were thinking here is that honestly, you can do a dry run for everything you want, right? You can present to friends, colleagues, people you live with. Yeah. That even that they are not aware of this project, maybe they are not even part of your company and you could actually validate that if you mm -hmm. not only that that if your message that you try to convey is clear but also like if the content will structure or the visuals are making sense and i think it, it gives you so much experience and you always grow from feedback i think having big feedback is, is something that is really important and sometimes we take it for granted yeah and i, I remember some, I mean, some people will do dry run on, on themselves. Like I remember in, in the office, I could see a colleague nearly closing his eyes and I can see him like speaking, mumbling. And he was basically going through his yeah. presentation that he was going to present to a client. That, that's a f fine thing. Uh, and the other thing, yeah, importance of dry run. I remember when I prepared to interview for, for my first job in, in the data industry, I was using my, my flatmate at the time <laughs> to dry run. <laughs> Um, being French person, I have a, a certain level of difficulty to pronounce worksheet. So that was like a, a very, like a, a big rehearsal to, yep. to yep. be able to pronounce this word <laughs> many times. Yeah. Without sounding something else. <laughs> that also helps. Like if you're, <laughs> if English is not your first language and you need to present in English or in any other language, literally be able to pronounce yes. correctly the words. Maybe it's good to practice orally first on someone else. <laughs> 100%. 100% agree. What else do we have, Mark? All right. Uh, so we are at point number eight. In particular, if it's face-to-face, -face, like in-person presentation, I would say to present to your audience, not to your data or to your slide deck. Yes. <laughs> um, and I say that because I went through the, the reality of uh, making the mistake myself. It's simply that... You need to obviously know what you're going to present um, and try to not look all the time at, uh, at yeah at the screen behind you, what is projected, and look at your audience. Um, the audience is interested about your presentation, is interested about what you convey as a message. The slides, the visuals that you have should actually just be a support. That yeah. shouldn't be the, yeah. the driving uh, factor here. It's a, it's a matter of like, positioning yourself correctly on stage or in in the room to present and make sure to always have your your face your mouth facing the audience it, yeah. which is also super important in terms of like uh, for the voice to be to port your voice to to the back of the room to the back of the uh, of the of the space for people to hear i don't know if you had that um, we all yeah. do a bit this of this mistake obviously i remember having a manager one uh, previous employer that told me like when you're presenting make sure that when you're talking that per the person at the end of the room no matter how big your room is 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 able to listen to you that that is what but that thing that that keeps you looking at your audience right i would say even um on, on, video, mm -hmm. on video conferences um like whatever zoom teams 
meet. Uh, I think now is kind of like a standard having two screens, right? I I tend to have um, when even if I'm presenting my my screen, I try to have like one screen showing yeah. the, the participants so you can see the reactions. I mean, it's really important, right? So so to present to your audience um, because you can also that helps you reading your your mm -hmm. audience. I mean that that's um, see how it, they react on, as much as yeah, you can. On, uh, Video video presentation is difficult for that because many people will will stop putting their camera on, which is a bit annoying in this case. I know, um, I know. That's right. But I will try to force people to <laughs> to share their video. <laughs> that, yeah, and sometimes it's nah. it's it's impossible. Like uh, you cannot. Yeah, yeah. And with that, actually, we can go to tip number nine uh, on engagement. It's like don't forget to have fun, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. We work uh, i think all of us as, pro yeah. as professionals we work at least eight hours per day right and if it's not fun then what are we doing so just remember that whatever your data is your data is beautiful it always is mm -hmm. and if you're passionate about what you are uh, presenting that passion will be transmitted or it's contagious with everybody and it's always like again it sounds perhaps it's, it is something that is easier to say than doing but i i really think that mm -hmm. If you bring your passion in and you generally have fun when what you what you're doing, I think your presentation is going to be immediately better. Do you do you do you agree with that one, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's like a relationship with the data you can have, but some data might not be as exciting for you uh, as all the data set you're analyzing or all the yeah. project you're working on. But yeah, trying to find like the the fun part in it, like maybe the fun could be in the way you, you create the visuals or the fun could be in the way you, you're going to create the storytelling around it. Um, that's all good ways to, yes. to make it a, a more enjoyable experience for you in, in your work, uh, or if it's outside work as well. And for exactly. your audience to be able to, to receive the message in a very positive way. Super important, obviously. Yeah. And so last tip, obviously paramount, uh, opening and closing are quite essential when we speak about opening mm. um it could be exposing the problem correctly that you are analyzing the the why behind this kind of questioning yeah. and then, like also giving some background about the data you're using like always oh, been collected or accurate it could be so again depending on the audience like giving a fair level of information that's to build, build a, a, a also a certain level of trust i would say because you don't want to throw Agreed. some data uh, and conclusion and people will say like well what's the sample size like <laughs> when where yeah, is the yeah, data yeah. coming from etc uh, on that on the opening on the closing uh, it's obviously you build a story you presented your data so now what <laughs> literally uh, what's the conclusion what can we learn from that can can you yeah. provide some recommendation based on this data so i would say like think about it as like a two-minute pitch to to conclude the presentation it's kind of like i summarize what we've seen um, this is what we learn and mm -hmm. potentially those are Good our idea. recommendations based on what we've been what we've seen and what i've analyzed uh, that also helps help you to raise uh, as an individual because yeah. you're not just here to analyze and interpret the data but you can also potentially bring some value by giving some re recommendation here i couldn't agree more with what you're saying this one yeah it's difficult to disagree with I, it's I, a difficult piece obviously yeah <laughs> uh, that's what i was going to say if you're just starting <laughs> yeah. your career or, or getting started with presenting or, or getting more into that 
you can start by with mm-hmm. a simple structure, and this is an advice that I got from one of my first um, accounts executives I was working with. For every presentation, mm-hmm. tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you what you told. <laughs> tell, tell, tell. You know? It's just <laughs> yes, three three simple steps. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. Tell them what you told them. So you expose the problem. Like for example, you just can start saying like, today we're going to discuss the the incidents that are having escalated in our product, then you go and tell them those. Mm. What are, what are yeah. them? And then you finish saying like, this is why, <laughs> and then this is why we believe that's finding this and so on and so on. So again, it's just a, it's just advice, just a tip, right? Definitely. No, I like, I like this one. I, I, it just came back to my mind, like maybe it's a <laughs> tip 11 or like going back to the tech, uh, just thought about it like going back to the tip number one so one beast beast. (laughs) time of tech um will be to add if you're presenting your data so you're sharing your screen on the virtual presentation but it can be also like in person and you need to point your your mouse to a specific place on the screen to a chart etc one go slowly because if you tell them look at here and with you <laughs> and you move everywhere in the screen, they're going to feel sick <laughs> after two minutes. And second, potentially using um, one of the yeah. magnifier or one of the tools that is going to put a, create a halo around. So yeah. there, there is yeah. obviously one uh, for Windows, there is for, for Mac, uh, for, for all of them. So that would be a good tip uh, on, the, on the technology perspective, like one piece <laughs> coming back yes. to the first supercharge your 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 mouse pointer let us know if you agree you can reach out to us and give us your point of view remember um this is all about creating a community right so looking forward to what we can to to what we receive definitely and and for sure there is much more tips uh, happy to learn about what, what you have to share uh, with us and all everyone else yeah. with that christian that was fantastic so see you uh, next tuesday for a new episode with a guest see you next tuesday Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast represents our views and not the ones of our employers. Our mission at the Data Coffee Break podcast is to inform you and help you grow in this always changing data field. Follow us and get into the conversation with the community on our LinkedIn page and Instagram. See you next Tuesday. And until then, keep your data caffeinated. <laughs>